All God's children stay here this morning. Where we should be, right? You got your Bibles there, and I hope you do. I hope you have your own, and you brought a pen or something. Maybe you can mark stuff. Um, that's good. If you don't have a Bible, feel free to use the one in the pew back in front of you or under your seat. And um, also, uh, if you don't have a Bible, see me. We, we have Bibles for everybody, and we want everybody to be reading God's Word every day. And I can tell you right now, if you want to, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Matthew 6. And uh, we're going to, we did the first four verses last week. We're going to do another four verses this week. Um, as a matter of fact, last week we did a, uh, one through five. Actually, we did one through four. And uh, actually, like uh, we said, the first 18 verses of chapter six are really how therefore shall we live. And the one we saw last week, the first four verses, is how therefore shall we give. And we talked a lot about that. How we're going to give. This week is going to be a little bit different. We're going to talk about how therefore shall we pray. Um, he says, be careful. Last week when we left off, he last left off, he said, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by men. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. And then he gave us this, this special example about giving. He says, uh, it's not for man's applause and this is something that I've seen people that, that responded to last week's sermon. I saw this. It says, you can't do it for men. You have to do it for God. And why? Because he's always watching. You know, we need to live our lives like that, don't we? God's always right here. He never stops watching. That's kind of scary to some folks. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if you know the Lord, you know, he is watching. It's kind of like, uh, well, he's going to admonish you if you get out of line because he wants you to be in line because you're his and you become more and more like him so we don't do these things that we're doing for any for men or for men's approval we do them for god and um we also said that anything that distracts us from god is sin and it's the sin that 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 keeps us from doing the right thing right this morning, we're going to keep on going in chapter 6, and, and uh, if, if we were to name this, I guess this one would be, How Therefore Shall We Pray? That's my own naming, so well, you won't find that in the commentary, I think. Uh, we'll see this terrible thing, this thing that we called sin, it seems to always, always be calling, calling on us and always seeming to distract us from God, who's always present. There's a solution to that, and it's prayer. Jesus tells us all about that. Read with me, if you will, beginning in chapter 5, uh, chapter 6, verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room. Close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of the, their many words. Do not be like them. Let your father knows what your father knows what you need to know before you ask him. Lord, would you just please bless this time together as we look into your word? Oh Lord, open our hearts and our minds. Lord, I, I know there's been so many times that we've read this, 
in our lives. But, Lord, this, there's always something new because you teach us. So, Lord, we ask you this morning, show us something we've never seen before. So, Lord, we can commune with you. We can pray with you. We can walk with you. And knowing that you see us and you're with us all the time, Lord, teach us how we open those communications channels, Lord, to enjoy each other. Lord, may all of this be with your heart and your mind in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Our Lord goes on after this verse that teaches us the Lord, what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is really the disciples' prayer. Praying, you know, like the giving that we talked about last week, um, it must be important because Jesus gives us instructions how to do both. Now, that's why we're here, right? We want to to know these things. You know, I don't know if if you pick this Bible up and and you're looking to Jesus, you know, he tells us at the end of Matthew that we're going to go out and tell the whole world everything that he taught us. And that's what he's doing right now, is teaching us. This time, this morning, he's going to teach us how to pray. So before we get into the Lord's Prayer, we want to see the instructions first. And that's these four verses we're doing this morning, five through eight. Now, we're going to look at this kind of like we did last week. We're going, to, we're going to see the wrong way to do it, which the Pharisees taught us, right? But here's another thing, you know, I, I thought about this week. Every time we, the Pharisees had taken it and done man's way, right? Turned everything into, into man's way. And we think, boy, those bad Pharisees. And we go to shake our finger at them and realize we're looking in a mirror. We've done the same thing, haven't we? We've taken God's word and we try to make it comfortable for us or to meet, meet the rules that we can accept rather than what he says. So there's a wrong way to pray and there's a right way to pray. And Jesus talks about that here too. He wants us to do it his way, not necessarily our way. The wrong way is easy to spot in light of what we, we've already learned. It, it, it's actually pictured here in, in, in two parts. And that's another thing I want us to see. When Jesus preaches, this is the greatest sermon in the world. And Jesus uses word pictures. If you can read this and you don't, can't start seeing pictures going off in your mind, stop. Because he really is. He talks in word pictures in any language. First picture is a wrong picture uh, approach focusing on the one praying rather than the one we're praying to. Did you hear what I said? We're not focusing on us. We're focusing on God when we pray. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. They love to be noticed in church, praying, and in public, praying. Remember the parable about Jesus, about the Pharisee and the tax collector? I love that one. You ever read that one? Always makes me go, yeah, he's talking about the IRS. No, he's not. The Pharisee stands He stands in the most prominent place in the church. And then he, here's what he says. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Uh, Jesus is saying the same thing here. These people praying are doing what appears to be righteous for people, right? For people to see. But Jesus is saying that they were giving the appearance that they can't even wait to get to church. So they stop and they pray in public. 
outside the door. They do whatever so people can see that there are, there are great prayers, right? I want them to see their piety. They even stop in front of the church. And Jesus says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. You know, we've been saying that. Have you noticed that in the Sermon on the Mount? So many times when people say, okay, I've got this, I've arrived. Yeah, if you've arrived, then the journey's done for you. None of us have arrived. Jesus teaches something new every day, doesn't he? Um, boy, I tell you what, let me, you know, we have a Bible study going almost every day of the week somewhere in this church family. And you know what? You ought to get involved in one because I got to tell you, or teach in one if you can. Um, just being able to see that there's aha moments every time we come before God and we open his word together. Anyway, I just wanted to see that, say that. That's just a little ad, I guess. There's another part of this picture, though. It says praying, look at verse 7, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think uh, they will they will be heard of because of their many words. In other words, don't use the same words over and over again, repeatedly, uh, they, they words that don't mean anything when you say them, and, and using them as re repetitive incantations, I guess is the way to say it. You know, like... like we're going to call down. Let me tell you what they were doing. This word here and, 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 uh, is really interesting in the Greek. It's, it's, it's batalogeo. But the Greeks used to use that word, and they would say, they say, bada, bada, bada. You ever heard that? Don't do that. You know, you're saying the same thing. It's meaningless stuff. We, we, we don't want to do the. The first part of the picture really focuses on, on uh, who, and the second part, it, which is what is said. So we have to look at them separately. The, the problem of focusing on the one doing the pray, praying rather than on the one who is praying happens when someone is anxious to be known as a great prayer. And you know what? If you, if you want to be a great prayer, we're going to learn how here this morning. But it's not about you so you can show off. I can tell you that. You know, if you're ever embarrassed about what to say, don't be. If you're asked, you know, to pray in public, don't worry about it. You pray to God, not to us. If anybody's, you know, embarrassed about what somebody else is going to hear or whatever, then you know what? You're looking at the judgment of men. Stop it. We're all here to pray together, and it'll make any difference. As long as you're talking to the Lord, we're talking together, right? Yeah. Someone is anxious to have their reputation as a great person, and they've already begun to undo what we're trying to do here. And that is talk to God straightway. The next step in the process is a desire to see others, uh, to see them praying. So that next thing they do to ensure that they are seen by others in, in a prayer state. And, and when they're done, they have exactly what the, prayer, the Pharisees had when they got through with their prayer in public. That's it. Their reward. That's it. They don't have any reward waiting beyond that one. Let's take this a little bit farther. What we call corporate prayer, praying together here as a body of believers. You know what? When I was a young believer, I guess, we were, in, we were part of a big church. But I was always afraid, don't call on me. You know, you ever have that feeling? You know, I just want you to know after this sermon, I may call on anybody here to dismiss us. No, okay, I won't. But you know what? You think, oh, no, don't call on me. Did you ever have that feeling? Um, when we pray, let me tell you what, you can ask anybody that's come up here and, and led in prayer or, in, or from the pulpit preaching or whatever. When you come up and you step into the pulpit, um, 
you have to really, you, this may hurt somebody's feelings, I hope it doesn't, you have to not see anybody out there. All you see is God. Not praying to anybody here. We're all praying together to God. Amen? And that's really what it's all about. So that's why it's not, it shouldn't be hard for anybody to pray in public. Um, you know, and we shouldn't worry about using these big words and all those right things. The right words are what comes out of your mouth between you and God. Um, you know, when we got up this morning, I always I wouldn't want to talk about my wife, but we got up this morning, and the first thing I said was, Oh, blessed and lovely woman, how beautiful you are. I didn't do that. <laughs> we don't talk to our families that way, do we? So you don't have to talk. How much more to God? You know, God is right here. He loves us, our Heavenly Father. So you don't have to talk to Him in those you don't have to spit when you talk, you know, he's a, when you talketh to him. You know, you talk to him from the heart, isn't that right? That's the vocabulary that we use. How much closer is Jesus, you know? So forgive me, sweetheart, I, I love you. I just wanted you to know that. This is really something, you know, when you have that kind of relationship, it, it's really having a, that's a spontaneous relationship, isn't it? And that's what we should have with our God, who is with us all the time, never leaves us, and sees us. Amen? Corporate prayer, I like personal prayer, and the prayer is to be in the prayer closet, is to be focused on God, not us, not anything else. We make that mistake a lot, don't we? Um, the whole being of the person praying should be in intent on God on him and uh, and should be centered on him and him only uh, in corporate prayer the people who are praying silently and, and the one who is saying the words should not be conscious of each other hmm. we should be carried on the wings of prayer i don't know if you ever everybody here ever been in a worship with a in a korean church or a chinese church i've had the privilege of, yeah have you you know what i'm talking about. i've had the privilege of preaching in the chinese church and when they pray <laughs> he says, let us pray, and everybody prays at the same time, right out loud, whatever's going on in their heart to God. It is incredible. And it's a, oh, you, you, you know, that you feel and know the Spirit, you hear the Spirit of God moving throughout the whole congregation. It's kind of like that. You know, none of them are, are ashamed or worried about what anybody else is because they're each praying to God. It's really amazing. You know, you think, what are you going to do with a guy that wants to pray half hour or something like that? We'll talk about that in a minute. It, it, it's amazing. They all kind of end at the same time. I, I, you know, it's the Lord at work, isn't it? That's the way we should be praying when we pray corporately. Yeah, there's one person leading. But you know what? Each of us has our own relationship with God. And it's all to him, not to anybody else in the congregation. Are praying with them. Okay, enough of that said. The second trouble in connection with, with this wrong approach appears when, when we tend to concentrate on the form of our prayers um, or the amount or the length of time. Um, Jesus said, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they, they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Uh, the King James says vain repetitions, and, and the NAS says do, do not use meaningless repetitions. And that's where they're talking about that, that bada logeo, where they say bada, 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 bada. You know, that's not what we're doing here. 
that they say, don't do that. Pray to God what's coming through your heart. You know, but we do kind of do that in our own. You know, the Catholics have the prayer beads and a lot of these religions have the prayer wheels and that sort of thing, which makes prayer something that's very formulaic and systematic and all that. We kind of do that too. You know how we do it? We have a set of time. I have to pray now between, you know, 5 o'clock and 5.30 in the morning. You have to do that, right? It's cutoff time. No. Uh, some of my favorite prayer warriors, have you ever read uh, uh, George Mueller, autobiography of George Mueller? He's known as a, probably the greatest prayer that ever lived. Uh, I'd, I'd love to tell you some of those stories. And I have his autobiography. Anybody wants to read it. Great book. But he prayed. He couldn't live life without praying. And he did some incredible things. He, he formed the first uh, um, children's homes uh, from orphans' homes in England back in the 18th century. And some of the things that he did was just incredible, the stories that came out of that. Another one of my favorites, David Livingston. You remember him? Dr. Livingston, I presume. Remember that? A great African missionary. He prayed. And when he prayed, it was just, everything was just complete and totally. There was no time limit because he could actually pray into eternity. And when he died, he died at, eight, we think, about 4 o'clock in the morning, kneeling at his bed, praying. He just prayed himself into eternity. That's the way we need to be. Who cares about time? God is not bound by time. And when we're praying with him, the God, we're not either. So I'm not advocating going on and on and on in prayer with all these meaningless words, but we need to, we need to know that when we do pray, it makes no, no difference about the time. Jesus says, when we focus on all the wrong things, we've received our reward. Uh, we need to just be focusing on one thing, and that's him. We need to spend a lot of time in prayer with God because we are creatures of time. But when we go to him, we get to really see eternity, don't we? There are a lot of people who are known today that are wonderful and beautiful prayers, but you know what? That's all they get. You may be remembered as wonderful people when it comes to offering prayers, but I, I guarantee the poor, heartbroken soul who can't form a sentence in the right structure but gives his heart to the Lord in prayer is far better off. And that's what God wants. That's what he wants from us is our hearts broken before him. Because you see what happens when we break our hearts before him and we pour ourselves out to him? He puts us all back together his way. And that's really what he wants. So let's talk about the right way to pray. You have to go back to the first thing we said. And, and there's a right way and a wrong way, and it's based on the approach. So that's what Jesus says in verse 6. He says, but when you pray, go into your room, uh, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret will re reward you. What does that mean? Now, what does that mean? We're talking about a secret society here. Uh, wherever you go to pray, you have to realize you're approaching God. That's what we have to do is realize who he is. It's that easy. It's really not that hard. If only we realize that we're approaching God, the creator of all there is. 
And he lets us come into our presence. He's with us all the time. We come into his presence. And he says, I love you, my child. The creator of all the universe says that to you and me. We need to know who we're with. We're not going to the God that, you know, looks like Santa Claus or or your third grade school teacher with the ruler or anything like that is going to slap you around. We're coming into the presence of a loving father. We need to know some more details here. And guess what? Jesus gives them to us. Huh, surprise. First he says to, to, here's how you do it. You eliminate distractions. You're approaching God so some things have to be removed from the scene. Now, you know what? I thought about how are we going to remember this? And, and I, you can thank my teachers. They taught us reading, writing, and arithmetic. Three R's, right? No, that was my spelling teacher. No, it wasn't. Reading, right? Remember that, the three R's? There's three R's here, and, and, and I, I, I kind of made this up, so go with me here, will you? First thing we have to do is remove all distractions. That means everything's excluded from when we go in to pray. Um, you go to your closet, or, or your version may, may say your inner room. And, and let me tell you what, in the original language, what that is, it was actually the stock room where there are no people. Or, you know, maybe the utility closet downstairs. No, don't do that. Or, or, or the pantry. No, I'm not going there. But anyway, find yourself a place. You know, it, it was like the stock room. It actually means warehouse in the original Greek. You go there to get away from people, from all distractions. Um, and then you close the door. Some folks think that this is an excuse for not attending prayer meetings. It's not the case. That's not what this is all about at all. They might say they don't go to prayer meetings. They pray in secret. Mm-hmm. Heard that one. But Jesus didn't say to, to stay away from prayer meetings. As a matter of fact, if you look all the way through the Bible, you'll find it is full of people coming together and praying together to the Lord God. That's not what Jesus is saying when he says remove, remove all these distractions. Um, a lot of things that we can do to uh, remove. Jesus is saying there are distractions that, that have to be removed from our communion with God, whether you're praying in private or you're praying in public. And here, here's some of them. You, you can shut, uh, shut out and forget other people. I don't know about you. I can do that walking down the road. You can actually do that. You can enter your prayer closet just walking. Or um, you can either enter the enter the enter the uh, room in a room while you're just driving. That doesn't mean you're going to go wreck, please. But you can. You know, you, you can shut out other people and their influence on you. Can just talk just to God. I had a friend this week that said he wanted to mow the church lawn because he got away. It was his way of getting away from the phone ringing and all that, and he could spend time with God praying. And I thought that was really good. You enter into the closet when you're communion with God, and nobody knows what you're doing. You ever have those moments? I hope you do in your prayer time. You know, when I enter the pulpit and I try to, to do in a sense, it's forget that the congregation is before me. Um, I'm not praying to them or addressing them. I'm not speaking to them. Yes, and... And uh, having come to that point, I forget myself, too. That's the important thing. This is what the Lord tells us to do. We have to get outside of everything that's going on and just him, focus on him. There's no value in my entering the closet and then shutting the door if the whole time I'm thinking about me. 
or woe is me. What's wrong with me? Oh, Lord, here's my laundry list. Here's what I need. See you next day. It's not the way it works. We come and we commune with him. Um, I might as well be standing on the street corner with the Pharisees if I'm just thinking about me and not him. I have to, to remove everything, exclude myself as well as the other people. And my, my, my heart has to be completely open to God. And I say with the psalmist, I love this. This is in Psalm 86. It says, give me an undivided mind to fear your name. I will praise you with all my heart, Lord my God. And when we pray, we have to be deliberately remind ourselves that we're going to talk to God. So other people and self must be excluded and the door closed. And that's the first step. Remove. R, remove. Remove everything out. Just you and God. Second thing is real, what I call realization. Realize who he is and who you're talking to. If you got yourself out of the way and you're talking to God, um, Jesus insists that we speak to him as Father. But, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, and then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Wow. That's God and me in secret. The relationship between us and the Father. And when we pray, it's like a child going to a loving father. Not, not just any loving father, but it's the loving father who's with you eternally. Um, he knows everything about you. He knows what you've done wrong. He knows what you've done right. But you know what? He's doing it all for him. Um, he died before you were born. He, he died so that you could live with him. Um, be his child and come into the presence of your loving father. We need to remember what Paul reminded the churches of, that he's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. We don't go to him with a prayer wheel. We don't go to him with prayer beads. Uh, you don't go to him saying, I have to spend hours because here is what I have. Here's what I've decided, Lord. Can't do that when you come into the Lord's presence. You don't say that, that blessings won't come unless I spend days and nights in prayer. Um, the mathematical formula from prayer has got to go. What we have to do is realize who God is, and he's a loving father that loves you. Finally, we need to have, here's the last thing, we need to rest in complete confidence, rest in complete assurance that God loves you. And all things work for good for those who are called according to his purpose. He loves you. The confidence and the assurance that a child of God has is essential to prayer. That means we don't have to repeat our petitions. We don't have to pray over and over again. We don't have to wear them out with the same thing. It's true that God likes to see our, our sharp desire for something that he provides. But it has to be according to his, his will. And he tells us that we will be blessed... And we will be satisfied if we hunger and thirst for righteousness and to seek it. And he tells us we ought to always to pray and not lose our heart. And he tells us to pray without ceasing. Paul wrote that. But that doesn't mean to mechanically pray over and over and over again. We need to stop and rest in the full assurance of who he is. He's going to show us exactly what his will is in our lives and what's going to happen. And it's because he loves us. Okay. So what does it mean 
is that when I pray, I know that God is my Father and that He delights in blessing me and that He's much more ready to give than I am to receive. You need to know that. The idea that God is standing between me and my desires and what is best for me has got to go. God wants everything good for His children, and He will provide that. We have to know what His will is and conform to it. And just listen to him, and he'll provide everything we need. Um, have to see God as my loving father who has purchased my ultimate good in Christ, his son. And he's waiting to bless me with his own fullness in Christ Jesus. So look, three R's. Can you remember those? Remove all the distractions. Realize who it is we're with. And then rest in the assurance of his being God and that he loves us. Um, God is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Amen? Let's believe that when we approach him and when we pray. And we pray even now. Oh, Father God, in your presence, in your loving presence, knowing you (laughs) and seeing you, Lord, here we are. Oh, Lord, I pray that you will just fill us with your wisdom and knowledge because I know, Lord, that's what you want for us. Lord, show us how we can bring you blessings because we love you. Show us, Lord, what we can do to be found in the center of your will. For others to see you. Oh, Lord, I know that's what you want. Lord, we're here because of you. And we're here, Lord, with you and you only. Oh, Lord, I know you hear our prayer. And you see your children here this morning. Lord, we love you and praise you for your love and your knowledge and your wisdom. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I hope that you can find these three R's that are, if you don't like them, that's okay. You can blame me. I don't know where else you'd find those, but I hope that helps you this week pray. And um, help you pray in the right way. It's all about Him. Amen? Amen. We're going to have a time of response. You know, our God has given us this life eternal is something that we just have to receive. It's by His grace. We can't do anything to earn it. But the fact that He's with us all the time and He never leaves, we have troubles with that, don't we? Because we're not, we don't like how we live. But let me tell you what, receive His grace. Receive His love. If you never ever have asked Him to come into your heart, you know what? He's standing there right now. Revelation 3.23 says he stands at the door and he knocks. And he knocks at everybody's door every day. He's always there. If you've never come to him, if you've never opened that door to Christ, I, I beg you this morning. No, he asks you, open that door. Let him in. It's a gift. You can't work. You can't do anything to earn it. He offers it to you free. And it's eternal life that he gives you. Amazing grace. That's what we call that. His amazing grace. Let's sing that to him this morning, knowing that he hears you around. Don't worry about how you sound to anybody else. 
Let him see your heart this morning as we sing this. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound.